It's a weird countdown. Yeah. Well, it didn't look like Joe was ready. I wasn't. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my computer flashed, and then like the recording, everything looked like lowish. It still looks low. Why? Did I accidentally put the volume down? Some. Okay, there we go. Whoa, it's a whoa, too high. Hot. A too high. Coming in hot. Uh, I see. I see. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Uh, that that's good. All right. Cool. We're keeping all this in the show. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. As always, joined by my good friend, co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the beanie boy himself, Joe Dorville. What's up, man? What's going on, Brennan? How was your week? It's it's going well, man. It's going even better now that we got that all-star game under wraps. Yes. We are also joined by our producer, L. Greg. Say hello to the people, Greg. Gentlemen, it's good to see you on this Sunday evening. Absolutely. Say hello, people. Not have been funny. Yeah. I was <laughs> say hello to the people. He goes, gentlemen. Um, that, that's not confusing, though. That, that's our demographic. <laughs> Except for you, Karen. We love you, Karen. Um, ladies. Quick month. rundown of the show. If you are new to the show here, cheers from the press box. Joe Dorville and myself are going to go over some of the hot topics of the sporting week. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about NBA, obviously, with the uh, All-Star game just finishing up. We'll go over some of the NFL news, uh, NHL, and then we're going to get into our quick hits, which will be a round of quick topics and or questions we have for each other. After that, it'll be followed by the walk-off, which will be a short essay portion of something near and dear to our hearts, something emotional, or sometimes something fun. It's not going to be fun today, though. Uh, yeah, then we I'm will, gonna cry. We are going to finish with the press conference, which is where we just plug everything. But first, let's get to the big daddy of them all, the kickoff. Greg! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. All right, here we go. Indeed. Joe, do you know what today was? Game of the week. Game of the week. Oh, fine. It's been a while since we can say that. Um, Brendan, today was All-Star Day. I don't know if yes, you're aware. Yes, it was. Uh, we talked last week and prior weeks about how the NBA was shuffling the deck, you know, to deal with COVID and whatnot. And instead of the traditional All-Star weekend, they were cramming it all into one day. Yes, we got All-Star Day today. For those of you who are uninitiated, we are talking about the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Um, so we did everything. They did uh, skills competition, dunk contest, um, the All-Star Game, which has a weird format I was not familiar with. Um, love the new format. Love you the did love format. it? Okay, I yeah. I mean, it. I could take we it. We can really. discuss it, it when we get to that portion of it. Okay. Um, what do you want to start with first? All right. So we NBA start is your wheelhouse. Yep. Start just general recap here. Uh, so all-star day. Now, initially me and you had some pushback. We were like, this is 
this is too much to try to get everything in one day. This is always usually spread out over a weekend. But you know what, Brennan? Kind of liked it. You did? I kind of liked it all being in one day. <laughs> I could just sit for all that time, get it all in. I don't have to come back the next day. Now, they're never going to do it again going forward because tickets and gate, hopefully next year after COVID. Yeah, you lose a lot of ad sales yeah. shoving it in a one day versus a weekend. But God, I really liked it. You know, it was everything. Everything was also condensed. Like the um, skills competition, instead of the eight field, it was a six man field. Um the three-point contest instead of an eight-man field is a six-man field. Dunk contest instead of four, it was three. Yeah, um, so I they cut, that, they yeah. trimmed a lot of fat. Um, but Dom Domtus Domnus, I'm never gonna get his name right. Sabonis. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, well, just call him Sabonis. <laughs> I try to yeah, I try to put some respect on his name because he beat your Nikola Vucevic uh, in the skills competition. I saw uh, that. Both the big men won. Uh, Vucevic beat Chris Paul. Sabonis beat a uninterested Luka Doncic. He didn't even take his warm up off. I was like, he does not give a shit about this right now. Nope. <laughs> Surprised he wasn't smoking cigarettes out on the court. I thought he was going to be ripping heaters uh, <laughs> by his appearance. He looked haggard. He looked like he just woke up when they called his name. I was like, what the hell, Luka? Come Probably on. doing shots of vodka in the hotel room. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Um, he's not Serbic. Serbian. I wasn't Britain. Serbian. Okay. Um, he's not whatever you did because I wasn't Slovenian. Uh, Steph Curry takes his second three point championship contest. Uh, I like the new format they did. I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, I don't think you got a chance to see it, but now they have a 30 foot, 30 foot shot. So they have the five racks and then there's two, especially essentially like hot shots. Um, where they okay, count for 30 three. feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sure Steph Curry drained a bunch of those. He's drained he's, three out of four. <laughs> yeah. He takes those shots just for fun during games. Yeah. He, he, he nailed it. Got three out of four. He beat your boy, Mike Conley, who backdoored his way. Into I was going to say biggest uh, news of the day. He backdoored his way into the game because Devin Booker strained something. Um, uh, he beat him by, he edged him by one, literally on the final shot, last money ball. Beat him 27-28. So Steph took that. Um, and then Anthony Anthony Simons uh, won the slam dunk contest, becoming the first Blazer to win a slam dunk contest. Uh, in all, he probably had... No, I think Obi Toppin had two more impressive dunks. Um, but dunk contest, it's never going to get right. They're never going to fix it. Yeah, they never do do that right. Um, the game itself uh, was pretty high scoring, as it always is. As they had a different is. format uh, with the game this year. Um, I don't know if it's... I know last year's... It was, made, it was the same last year as well, yeah. Okay, yeah, last so year last year's the year's when they, they changed it. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was um, real interesting. But, of course, you called this uh, while we were pre-production. Uh, Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo, your man, your boy. I mean, took the MVP home on that one. He was it was Team LeBron versus like, Team Durant. Team yeah. LeBron versus Team Durant. Um, did you see the news that I woke up to, though? The startling well, news. What happened? What? No, I'm. I'm oh, I don't I know what you're like, talking about. He's so quiet. Um, to start the day, 
we found out that Embiid and Simmons could not play in the game due oh, to contact Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Tracing. I did see that news. Okay. You just said, did you see the news I woke up? I don't know even what <laughs> that even means. To, yes. I'm sick. <laughs> due to contact tracing, um, yeah, Embiid and Simmons uh, could not start the game. That was interesting. I don't know if that's going to... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to hinder them moving forward because it's only a seven-day break. It's or a 10-day break, so I don't it's know. It's a 10-day break, but... Um, I think the league resumes back on Wednesday, so they'd probably miss a game potentially too. Um, okay, but yeah, uh, for all the shit that we gave the NBA and the fear, this was kind of the fear. Um, yeah, this is exactly what we talked about because they did it the way they did it. They never came in contact with any of the other players, so that's why the game was still able to go on and nothing got uh, stopped, which is kind okay. of dope. So, yeah. Well, I was going to, um, is there anything else you want to touch on with the all-star game? Cause I was um, going to transition speaking of real NBA consequences. Uh, the only other thing I'll say, the NBA is great at putting, uh, events together. Um, I, when LeBron came out and said that he wasn't for it, I wasn't for it. And you know what? I ended up enjoying it. It was pretty well done. They did a lot of, uh, uh, charity work. Nonprofit. Yeah, I, work I saw that almost a million dollars so, donated. Yeah, I was really um. I really thought it was. This is the last thing I'll say about it. I thought it was uh, like you. I was like, no, this is dumb. This isn't going to work. I really thought the logistics were very streamlined. Like you said, like once they got going, it was like, oh, it's going to be the whole day. Like, okay, cool, let's go, <laughs> let's play. Um, I did want to transition though. We were talking about Embiid and uh, Simmons and real NBA consequences. Speaking of Blake Griffin, of- was bought out by the Detroit Pistons. And what have we been saying the last two or three weeks is that the Nets need to get a big. Last time I checked, Blake Griffin falls into the big category, and he is now signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He's signed. Um, He's agreed to terms. He is big. Brennan. Do you think... So, (laughs) we always talk... (laughs) The last couple of weeks, we talk about them on defense. Everyone is aware of Blake Griffin and his injury history. He's kind of a shell of his former self. He's only dunked, I think it was one time in the last calendar year. Yeah. Um, do you think that this provides, other than his physical size, this provides any sort of presence for the Brooklyn Nets on defense or um, offense for that matter? Defensively, he's never been great, even though he can guard yeah. multiple positions. Um, I think the best thing to take away from this uh, new deal is um, they added necessary depth. Because since it was a buyout from the Pistons and they could just acquire him that way, um, they didn't have to lose anything. It cost them nothing other than cash. Um, No people capital. Um, So, yeah, he's going to add depth. He's going to add another layer to. I mean, he's not defensively great, but he's a big body. So he's going to. Yeah, exactly. You got to get around him still. Yeah, and I, I mean, I honestly don't think it's going to make a difference for the 76ers in that series. Uh, mark that here. Everybody, please mark that in your phones on wherever you're listening to this. 76ers, <laughs> if they go against the Brooklyn Nets, will defeat the Brooklyn Nets. I completely disagree. Again, more Only people because that can make their own shot. The 76ers <laughs> have the potential, the potential the MVP. Sorry, potential <laughs> MVP of the entire NBA. Joe, you and I have been talking sports for about a year now. Yeah. And we have yet, we have yet to discuss the NBA MVP race. Mm. Um, I've got all the odds pulled up. Of course, you know who I'm going with, Joel Embiid. He's been playing out of his mind. He's been playing like a regular season Shaq of 2003. Mm. 
Um, but I wanted to get Invoking your take. the We're, name of one Shaquille O'Neal, Brennan. Not postseason Shaq. He huh? hasn't proved that to us, but huh? it looks like he came in this year in shape, ready to dominate. He's been playing in the post a lot more, which is exactly what we all said he needed to do. Um, looking at some of the odds, I'll let you uh, tell me who you think. Who are you rooting for? Who do you think has the best case? And then I'll give you some of the odds. All right. All right. Uh, as much as I want to throw a monkey wrench into this, I will concede. Yes, that. you will. You <laughs> son of a bitch. At this point, Joel Embiid is probably number one in my personal power ranking. Um, but not far behind. Almost has a case. Only reason Embiid is number one is because his team is number one in the East. Number two for me is one Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he's averaging 27, 11, and eight dimes. He has two 30 point triple doubles. He is on a tear this season, unlike any center we've seen in the last 50 plus years. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been, he's been playing around game. It's just insane. Well, and that's the thing about him, too, is that he's not. Fla- I mean, his nickname is his floor is for God's sakes. He's not flashy, but he sees the whole court. His assist numbers are insane for a big guy. He can shoot relatively well, especially for being over seven feet tall and just. His awareness and his presence, his basketball IQ, as people like to say, is out of control. I do want to tell you something, though. Um, I, I would have. Oh, yeah, go ahead, because I'm, I'm, I think this might actually be right on par. Go ahead. I don't know. My third is LeBron James. God damn it. I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Oh, OK. <laughs> the only reason I, I'm saying that is because I'm looking at the current odds right now. Um, and LeBron James is actually the favorite. Really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At, uh, yeah, he's at plus 240 right now. Joel Embiid comes in at plus 300, which is three to one. Uh, Jokic is right behind him at 420. <laughs> um, and then it gets to uh, Luca, Steph, Giannis. Yeah. All of them are between 10 to one up to 18 to one. Kevin Durant coming in at 36 to one. Kevin Durant, if he were to if he were healthy for the full duration of the season, I think he'd definitely be. Yeah, if he was healthy, he wouldn't be 36 to 1. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, he's also going to be, you just give him the Comeback Player of the Year award now. We are the podcast that tells you who's going to win the Comeback Player of the Year award in every sport, all right? It's so easy. We gave you Alex Smith. I'm giving you Durant right now. We are giving you Durant. (laughs) Brandon is co-signing you. Kevin Durant, Comeback Player of the Year, book it. What do you think? So I think this is going to happen. I think what's going to happen is the uh, LeBron James media mafia is going to talk about, <laughs> look how well he did without AD. He carried that team, yada, yada, yada. He hasn't won it in eight years. You know, he's been robbed, even though he hasn't been. Um, even except he has. For, except for maybe the Westbrook one, maybe. Other than mm. that. No, there, no, I'm not getting into argument. Look, I don't here. have. I'm not going to go through the Rolodex. I was going to say that's a walk off. We got to pull up numbers. Gotta, I was yeah. prepared for a back and forth about this about his past performances, but LeBron should have more. The last time he got an MVP, he was on the Heat. Yeah, well, that was the last time he had an MVP season. Oh um, my gosh, you are <laughs> absurd. I'm just going to throw this out here. Finals MVP in one of the years he lost the finals. My um, dark horse is going to be. Like that. My dark horse for MVP is going to be like the that. lightest horse of the race, and that's Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is playing pretty damn well, but his team, they need to do yeah, more winning. You're they right. They, yeah, winning. you're absolutely right. Um, 
We, we gave it to that. Westbrook as a fucking oh, six yeah, I seed. Knew you were gonna bring that we're, up. We're not Get giving it here. to Luca at an eight seed. All right, Westbrook <laughs> is gonna carry the Wizards to the playoffs. I was um, and when Westbrook got it, uh, he had a triple double and was the six seed. Luca is not averaging a triple double, and he's the eighth seed right now. I need a lot more for him to leapfrog all those other names we've brought up. Just Luca's my guy, man. I, I love, love Luca too. I'm a big Luca fan. But speaking I need of more winning. Speaking of big white guys, you want to move on? <laughs> We're going to transition to the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Wah, 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 wah. Speaking of giant <laughs> white men. Oh, yeah, we do have Sanders. <laughs> Speaking of giant white men. J.J. Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal. We were all wrong on this program. Arizona didn't even come up. Arizona um, never came up. I will say I was right that he was not going to take the veteran minimum to go to a winning team. He was going to get right paid. You were right about that. You were right about uh, that. Yeah, Arizona. Uh, he's there with D-Hop now, who probably had a big hand in recruiting him there. Kyler Murray. Um, as we learned with Yannick um, and Gakwe. Oh, trust me. I am the pronunciation <laughs> king. Antetokounmpo. Boom. Um, as we learned with uh, Yannick. Antetokounmpo. It's a, it's a B sound, but. That's I'll, give I, that. mm, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, but anyway, what we, it's very what we learned known. with Yannick was the fact that one defensive end does not make or break a defense. Obviously, when he went to the Vikings, they were still getting rolled. I mean, he played well, but it didn't make too much of a difference. Ooh, I see contention right here. So what is your outlook moving forward for the Cardinals with acquiring J.J. Watt? Well, Brennan, I have actually a positive outlook for the Cardinals because they don't have one defensive end. Do you know who's on the other side of that defensive line? Chandler Jones. One Chandler Jones. Okay, so you're Do aware. I know who? Of course I know who's on the other side of that line. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know, but last year, I J.J. Watt. I for a second. I was like, shit. <laughs> last year, J.J. Watt had one of the most, uh, was double teamed the most. Chandler Jones has been a perennial sack leader, it feels like, or at least hovering around the top 10, top five. Ten and a half last year. Yeah, I'm about to say double-digit sack getter every season. Um, I think they're going to be a force of weapon with, and that's going to open up the doors for more singles on J.J., um, as well as uh, I think we're going to see with that front solidified in the same way as um, like the 2000, uh, not to actually compare them to the 2000 Ravens, but a strong, I was going to say, please tell me I was gonna say, a strong front line will alleviate a lot of the pressure on the linebackers. So Isaiah Simmons coming into his second year, I think will do a lot better. Buda Baker, who's an all around guy. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to bring up the second year. A lot better. So I think actually this is a good Moved by JJ because you know the one thing with most teams that win the championship, not name or get to the championship, not name fucking Tom Brady's team. Rookie Defense. quarterback contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, everybody knows. Yep, that's the big thing. That's the big thing is being able to spend around your quarterback. They'll be able to go out and get some pieces. Um, I think JJ Watt um, brings something. Not only what we're talking about, the tangible things, but J.J. Watt brings something intangible to that locker room, and that's veteran leadership. Uh, and that's white def- power. What? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's Joe Dorville at Headphone Joe. No, Not oh, the bad no. one. Just like he just exuberates like exuberates exudes 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 no but he does he does bring we're getting off of this uh, he exudes <laughs> a lot of qualities god now you got me saying it um jj watt to the cardinals 
I think that it's going to be good for them. I don't think it's going to turn that whole defense around, but I think it's going to put them on the right track. They got to get, they have to get more discipline. And I think he's going to bring that to them. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see, I had, I need to go check, but I need to see what their interior of their line looks like. Um, And this also puts the clock on uh, Cliff Kingsbury. If you, if you're still eight and eight, you're done, dude. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You and your fucking beautiful mansion at the draft can go take a hike. All right. Floor to ceiling walls. I did want to um, transition from one defensive player to another. Uh, This is, was an interesting story to me. um, And I'm glad we have it in here just because Kyle Van Noy of the uh, formerly of the Miami dolphins just signed there. Yes. Literally last year, signed a five year uh, deal and was cut. Um, for cap space, what did you make of this? Um, what I made of this is what well, I think we know, and a lot of people don't know that your contract means nothing in the NFL. Oh, it's yeah. not as good as the paper it's written on. Uh, I think he had a thirty mil guarantee. They paid him fifteen of it. The other fifteen was uh, based on injury provisions, and yeah, they were able to cut him in one year. And I don't think it has any damage to their cap pretty much. So, yeah, when people are mad at Deshaun Watson for asking for a trade, this is why. Because if the team doesn't like it, the team will get rid of you. So the players should have the same. uh, uh, Damn it, I can't think of the word. um, Opportunities as the team. Yeah. Exuberate as the team. (laughs) That's the new shirt. Exuberate. Um, I exuberate yeah, I was, confidence. I thought <laughs> I thought it was incredibly <laughs> confounding. Obviously, I'm not going to go in on the Dolphins. They have one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. Um, I stand by that. They've got so many other problems, not problems, but so many other issues between. I can't believe You're people are six. calling. Well, I can't believe people are calling for after one year of Tua, who was playing basically on a barely recovered hip. There are some people out there in the media world who are saying, oh, trade him. They can make the best offer for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for Deshaun Watson, all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with the Jets situation. I know I'm going to get off on a little tangent. This wasn't in pre-pro, but <laughs> I think this is why Tua Tungvaloa and um, Sam Darnold are both good enough quarterbacks to where when you have all that extra draft capital, you're going to just put it around the guys you already have. I know we've talked about this before, but I think the dolphins are a very good organization, especially with um, who they have at the helm there. And so I, I I think obviously it was the right move to make. It's just, it was weird because they just gave them all that money and then cut it. Well, it's only the right move if they use the money wisely, if they actually go and get things to help the team. If they just cut it just because Steven Ross is potentially hemorrhaging cash because of the COVID situation, like, all right, you're running this as a business and not as a football organization, and we just see you for your colors. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of... Speaking People, of getting cut. Speaking of getting cut. <laughs> we talked about it last week. Um, or was it last week or two weeks ago? It but was Alex last Smith, week. <laughs> yeah, it was last week. Alex Smith came out with that GQ article. Go back and listen to last week's episode. We talk about that. It was now cut by the Washington football team. 
I know my landing spot for Alex Smith. Joe, I want to get your take first. All right, Brennan. Do you know who was the coach for Alex Smith before he broke his leg in half? Before he broke his leg in half? Yeah. Uh, That would be um, the Kansas City Chiefs. That would, no. What? I almost said Mike Holmgren when I meant to say Andy <laughs> Reid. You're thinking Andy Reid, but no, that's not the coach. That would be the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, shoot. Jay Gruden. <laughs> that's true. It was Jay Gruden. I yes. completely forgot about that because I was thinking about my man. You're thinking of man. Urban Meyer, oh. who was his coach yeah, in I Utah that, when they went undefeated and he went going. number one. That's where everybody else is going with it. So that's why I wanted to. Throw you off to my scent. With yeah, that you one. totally did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everybody's doing the urban connection, um, except urban. Uh, everybody's doing the urban connection with uh, Utah, and obviously. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, obviously, Alex Smith is at a stage in his career where he's a mentor. He's going to help a young guy come along, and why not? I mean, we saw what the work he did with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Why not, you know? Rub some of that juice on to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you really threw me off with that because Jay Gruden is no longer a member of the coaching staff. Oh, he got fired. Oh, that's yeah. right. They got a new regime. Why did I? Th- I'm sorry. Yeah, that's why I was so confused when you said that. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know why I thought Urban retained him. Who's your OC then? No, our so <clears throat> this is gonna get kind of weird. Oh, geez, he has eighteen so Darryl, passing coordinators. Yeah, Daryl Bevel <laughs> is the uh, oh, is the offensive right. coordinator, but Brian Schottenheimer, which I am so happy we got, wow. is the passing game coordinator. What? Um, yeah, because because we saw Did what happened last year. last year. Are you kidding? He Brian Schottenheimer was the whole let Russ cook movement. Yeah, and then. He designed the poor offensive passes after they decided to less Rook Cook as no, well. No, 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 no. Brian Schottenheimer is responsible for see. all those awesome statistics that Russ had. And then Pete Carroll took it back over when Russ had one it bad game. Working. It's not working after one game. One game. It was one bad game. And then Pete all, Carroll decided all I'm to change everything DK up. DK Metcalf and Russ have both gone on to say that our offense became too predictable because we would run it two times and then we're going to throw it deep. But why wouldn't he change? Why wouldn't he change? At least if you know you're going to do that. That's what I'm saying. Was, that was, Pete, Carroll's, that was we, Pete Carroll's doing. Brian Schottenheimer wanted to throw it all over the yard. Why would he not change the. Because the, if everybody knew you're going to go deep on your one pass attempt, why not switch it up? Because Pete Carroll wouldn't let him. Pete Carroll took back over the offense. That's what so I'm Pete saying. So Pete said, we're going to run it two times and then just throw it deep. He went to Brian just and throw said, throw it deep? I, I assure you. I no assure you, Pete passes. went to Brian. I'm I saying, assure you that he went to it does, Brian. It doesn't make sense for him to say we're not going to pass it all game, but when we do pass it, we're only going to pass it deep. I am sure. I think Pete would say, hey, let's get some short passes over to the tight end. Pete get Carroll went to Brian passes. Schottenheimer and said, if you want to throw it, that's fine, but we're going to run on Brian first and second down. Brian is a nepotent. It's a problem hey, of nepotism. <laughs> I'm telling you. This is going to work. <laughs> Alex Smith is going to start the season. Coach of Trevor Lawrence. Famous last words from this the Jacksonville Jaguars work. for the last 
But not only do we have Brian Schottenheimer, not only do we have the first pick in the uh, draft. Carol Breville was also fired once by the Seahawks. You want to talk about fired coach? You want to talk about fired coaches? You guys just won the Super Bowl and got fired. Yeah, you got a Super Bowl. I, I, <laughs> anyway, speaking of great outlooks for the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise and yeah, outlooks overall, I did want to say not only do we have the number one pick, not only do we have a brand new head coach and coaching staff, but we also have the most cap space in the NFL. Joe, quick cap rundown. I know this is boring, so I'm just going to leave it to a couple of not highlights. I just, I just never look these up. No, I know, but I know a lot of... I don't understand. I love looking this stuff up. Maybe it's because I'm a, a child of Madden, and you remember like trying to like yeah, get no, your roster that's right why and everything. I like it. That's yeah, why I too. like it, but I just... It, there's so much going on all the time. I never just sit down and look it up. Yeah, so a couple things I did want to throw in here. Um, Jags obviously lead with $84 million in cap space, oh, closer to $85 million in cap space. Jets, with all their picks, are right behind them at 77. I'm not going to go through everything. I think couple the Colts of, are up there too, right? Yeah, the Colts, who's which is crazy because they're a playoff team and they still, and they've got a lot of good pieces and they still have $44 million in cap space. A couple things I did want to point out Patriots who are looking for a quarterback whether it's in the draft or um, trying to trade for one or whatever they want to do. They have 66 million. A couple of big headlines, the Vikings who played well towards the middle of the season last year, um, but did not start well are actually over the cap by about $4 million. The Lions, you pay a bad quarterback. Yeah. The Lions who were, not very good. Um, over the Lions by 6 million, knew what they were doing the Lions, Yeah. They took the Garrett golf contract. They know yeah, what they're in for. Yeah. Um, so, well, uh, two things I wanted to point out: the Chiefs, or excuse me, three. The Chiefs are twenty-two million over. The Eagles aren't going to be picking anybody up as they're thirty-four million over the cap. But the Rams, who I've been talking about, um, mortgaging their future because of the lack of first-round draft picks and cap space. Well, those chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, with taking on Matthew Stafford and everything, they are thirty-five million dollars now over the cap. Woo. So it's this year. It's this year or yeah. not at all. <laughs> no ah. first round picks for the foreseeable. I think the next this draft and two yeah, more after pick until like I'm 80. Um, 2026, I believe, is their next first round pick. But um, that's when I'm 80. And, uh, black years and, are shorter. And the Saints, <laughs> just last thing, the Saints uh, lead the NFL with over cap, even with. Breeze taking that pay cut and not re-signing some of their players they need to as of now. They're still f- close to $50 million Jeez. over the cap. 48-8. Where, where are the Steelers? Because Big Ben also restructured his deal. Um, yeah, after his restructuring, they are actually they have $3.6 million in cap space now because mm-hmm. of the restructuring. Biggest hits, though. So next this week, is where interesting. does Juju Smitzer Juju Smith-Schuster go? Uh, Jacksonville. Because they can't Duh. sign him for that. <laughs> Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster are coming to Jacksonville. Both going to the Jets. What? Both. Both. Allen Robinson already did the Jaguars thing. He's not coming yeah, back. Yeah, but he was playing with Blake Bortles. Now he's got he's Trevor Lawrence. Com- and that, you see why he got out of town. So <laughs> the um the reason the Eagles are in as much trouble as they're in is obviously the the dead cap money that they take. So the way the cap works is um when you sign someone to a guaranteed contract, that's over a few years. This obviously isn't for you guys, it's for the listeners. That's over the course of a few years. So like when you sign Carson Wentz to let's say a hundred million dollars, well, say seventy that's guaranteed. Well, he doesn't get all seventy right up front. He'll get a signing bonus of forty. And then over the course of the next two or three years, he has guaranteed money installed. Normally with NFL contracts, the last year 
two years, sometimes even three years is no guaranteed You're money. So they cu- yeah. yeah. They can cut you without having to worry about it. That's what happened problem to is, Yeah, exactly. The problem is in the beginning of those contracts, like Carson Wentz, like Jared Goff's latest contract, they're front loaded. So there's something called dead cap money. So if I want to cut a player, I still owe him that money. So it still counts against the cap. So it's basically money you're paying to, to fire somebody. And the reason yeah, I bring I'm that up. I'm always confused with that because in the event of a trade, why does that debt not just go to the next team? It doesn't. In the event of a trade, you the team that signed the initial contract, unless it's worked out in the trade, is on the hook for that money. They're on the hook for the guaranteed money. Yes, exactly. Okay. So if, right. if you All sign right. a player, yeah, so the, the the salary goes to the new team, yeah. but the guaranteed money you sign that player for stays with the old team, which is why the Eagles are now $35 million in dead money because of car. It's literally the Carson West contract. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure um, Fletch is off his at this point. Yeah, so it's just, it's astounding to me. Um, like I said, it's... Uh, the Eagles with the highest one. And then the last thing I just wanted to point out, uh, the Rams come in second. Eagles are at 40. The Rams are at 35. And then the the, the next well, Brandon, biggest one. It doesn't matter because we won the Super Bowl. I understand that. I'm just, I'm not <laughs> hounding it because it's your it team. Your I'm I just saying it. In your face. I have a Super Bowl. I can um, be that guy now. <laughs> the team that's in the best shape as far as uh, cap space is going to be, believe it or not, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Colts. God, the Colts run a fucking tight ship. Um, yeah, they're all Chris Ballard's really good as a GM. Yeah, they're all around. He just has to spend a, that money. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're all around 100000 <laughs> or less as far as dead cap money. But anyway, uh, between the Saints, um, uh, the Rams, uh, the Rams are in a pretty good spot, but the Saints, especially if Drew retires, I don't know. Trey Hendrickson is up. Cam Jordan's coming up. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. They're going to throw their hands up in there. Speaking of caps. I was waiting for you to take it away. Oh, you wanted me because I'm hosting <laughs> this week. You wanted me to do That was yeah. actually a beautiful segue. Speaking of caps. I was like, I thought of it. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> talking about the Washington Capitals transitioning to the NHL now. Our guy, Alexander Ovechkin. Ochim Priyatna. Um... So they were trying to start beef. And as everybody who follows hockey knows, you do not start beef on the ice with a madman. Well, one with a madman, but two, the team's top score. They don't. That's why they had enforcers back in the day to protect them. Ovi obviously needs no protection. (laughs) Um, Joe, you want to break down what happened with this high sticking incident? So. So I, I don't know the other player's name, and I think he was on. Was he on the Penguins? Greg, did you? Catch this by chance. It was a black and yellow team. It was either the Penguins or the Bruins. Um, It's players uh, being a nuisance to Ovi throughout the whole whole match, uh, trying to fight with him, drop gloves, um, just shoving him, pushing him around. And eventually in the third period, Ovi had had enough and gave him a little little nut tap with with his stick. And Brennan, I think Ovi should have to go to jail for at least 30 days. (laughs) <laughs> As a man watching that, I crumbled to the canvas. All right. That is not cool. That is not funny. The guy fell to the ice. Ovi should have to pay for that man's surgery because he may need it. Ovi should have to do 30 days in jail. Ovi should have to pay more than a $5,000 fine when Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert paid a $25,000 fine for just complaining about officials. How is the max fine in the NHL? 
5K for a player for whatever the the, the penalty is. That is because, insane. Man, that's how they. That's how they. That's how we fucking do things in that the is NHL. Insane. They just said NHL. Look, love it. Big puck guy. Big puck guy. It's it's lawless sometimes. It's really lawless. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I agree with you there. Greg's looking at me like you got to be fucking. Kidding. Look, if I can just hit a dude in the dick. Sorry for my language. If I can hit a dude in the dick and just pay five k. What is what is stopping me from cutting his head off? Yeah, I mean, that's what you get. You mess with the bull, you're going to get the horn. And by the horn, I mean the high stick. You can't come after Ovi. Um, I, when this story first happened, I was listening to it on PTI. Um, so I had a lot more information, but then it kind of a few days passed and then I kind of forgot about it until you brought it up. <laughs> you, you can't go after the number one player on team. You can't um, go after my family jewels. I mean, that's illegal in some countries. You and do you want to do you want to hear the best part about this whole situation? Go for it. We don't even know that guy's name. Have but we no know clue. Alexander Ovechkin's name. Exactly. And he was the perpetrator of this incident. Um, Unbelievable. Speaking of Look, perpetrating, we know John Wilkes Booth's name. That's true. <laughs> way to way to kill my metaphor there. Thank you very much. My my friend and co-host Joe Dorville, everybody. Speaking of perpetrating, my Tampa Bay Lightning are on a um I was gonna say winning streak, but they actually just lost the other night to the Blackhawks. But we have lost we have now won eight out of nine Woo. in the last month and a half. Uh wins coming against the uh Blackhawks, obviously Dallas, the Hurricanes, um, and that Last time we talked about it was that horrific Panther series where we ended up losing <laughs> two out of three, but we have now won eight out of nine. We are on a roll. Um, still top of the standings. Um, to my dismay. To your dismay. I was going to say, we talked about this last week. Uh, you said the Panthers, the Florida Panthers were coming up on us, but I don't, I don't see them. We, Not- we were, we were, and then we ran into a buzzsaw. Um, we've played... Of our last six games, we've played the Carolina Hurricanes four times, and we've only beat them once. They have our number, no matter if it's Brofsky back there, if it's Dreeter back there. They can't stop putting goals down our throats. Brendan, uh, let me read you some of the scores of these losses. 4-2, that was today. 3-2, 4-3. I think the one win was way back when. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what we're going to do against them. They're now two in the division. We're third. Um, We seem good and competitive against everybody else. Uh, I'm not concerned about the playoffs. We're definitely making the playoffs this year. Um, But we need need a strategy to beat Vinny Trocek, who was once one of our guys, and now he's on their team. It's like he has our number. He knows what to do against us. It's not fair. It's not fair. You know, in soccer, not to get ahead of myself, but in soccer, if you're if you were on a team a year ago and you go to play that team, that player can't play. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, too bad this is hockey and the lightning is still whooping <laughs> your ass. Out of it. Speaking of hockey update, El Greg, the hockey guru, Papa Hockey, as it were. What do you got about for your abs? Well, <clears throat> the Avalanche are four one and one in their last six. Uh, the injury <laughs> bug keeps rolling along with them, though. 
couple defensemen out. They uh, played San Jose a few nights ago, and one of their players decided to uh, go high against Nathan McKinnon, the superstar, maybe the best player in the league. And uh, he's been out the last two games because of it. And that guy got a two-game suspension. Could have got more, but hopefully he'll be back he soon. It looked like dollars fine. Well, probably. Well, I think he loses game checks as well. But uh, I think it was only his fourth game in the league or something. It was something weird. But they came coming off an overtime loss last night. But they've got they got down two nothing in the last two games, which is not a good trend. They need to get over that. But like I said, McKinnon wasn't playing. It's good to have their scoring, but they're. They always have five or six guys injured, so it's uh, pretty impressive that they're still third in the West, and I'm looking forward to everybody getting healthy and making a big playoff push. Can't wait for the playoffs, even though it's a little ways away. Optimistic. Ways Beautiful. away. I'm really excited because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm getting kind of sick and tired of this whole only playing the same, like, what is it, six teams over and over and over? Seven teams. It is. Seven. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's odd. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I. Wow, I just said it really bad there. <laughs> I'm not a exuberant, the biggest hockey fan in the world. Obviously, uh, everyone knows I'm a huge Tampa fan because my old roommate, shout out Tyler Ritter, was a huge Tampa fan and made me watch every Good single job. game with him. And that's when I get, became a hockey fan. This was probably back in 2015, 16. But um, it's just weird though because like looking at these scores, it's like the same. You know what I mean? The same yeah, kind of series over and over team, and yeah. over. Yeah, so that's kind of weird. So I'm excited for the playoffs to get started. Obviously, until the final four, we won't see any kind of variation of that because they're keeping them safe in their bubbles. But NHL update, man. Ovi's still one of the baddest men on the planet. Yeah. Keep your balls safe on. around him. <laughs> the quick hits! And you'll be surprised how quick. And- quick! Mayman hits quick hits. All right. For those of you listening, the quick hit is a portion of the program. It originally was supposed to be quick questions, but it's kind of devolved into things that we want to just touch on quickly. They are the quick hits. We will keep them quick. Joe's up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I know Kyle's going to fucking give me shit for this, but Mario Lamina makes up for the referee's mistakes on Thursday against Tottenham, and he gets a goal to help us win 1-0 against last year's champs in Liverpool. We are now now tied with the team that is above us, but we're still technically in the relegation zone because we are behind them in goal differential. So we are technically out, but technically still in the relegation zone. But we're doing good, Brennan. We're doing good. Who's we? Fulham. Sorry, I probably should have said that somewhere. <laughs> uh, the, the Fulham, Fulham Football, Football Club. Club. <laughs> FFC, um, yeah, so come on, you whites. Because we were talking about this, la- and I know I'm the one who said quick 19 times, and then I'm going to derail <laughs> us, but we were talking about this uh, a few weeks ago. So even though they beat the champs in Liverpool, it still only counts as one win. It's one win, it's three God, points. God, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it's three points. Everything is three points. Okay. Every win is three points. Every draw is one point. Loss is nothing. But yeah. All right. Moving on. But, I'm gonna sorry, but like I said, then those are not the wins you count on. So those, even though there aren't bonus points, those are essentially bonuses because it's like this is a game we thought we were gonna get nothing from, and we took away three. Yeah. So like when I was looking at the schedule uh, a couple weeks ago, when we got to within three of the other team, I was like, okay. These two games that were coming up, the Tottenham game, I was like, that's a loss. 
I was like, maybe we can get one from that and we're losing to Liverpool. And then we got three from that. Should have been four, but they screwed us on a bullshit handball that the next day got taken down. But we can't get the fucking goal. And not even get started on that. All right, Fulham. There we go. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk uh, quickly. DeChambeau added again. Bryson DeChambeau of the uh, Professional Golfers Association, the PGA Tour. He, um, <clears throat> over the weekend, he did end up winning the um, Arnold Palmer Invitational. But the thing I wanted to just touch on quickly was on a par five, 555 yards. He drove it and <laughs> he drove it 375 yards after the uh, roll into the lie. He ended up almost making it onto the green on a par five on, on the drive. Five. Insane. I think he like. Had to hit it over like water and like he basically took a path that no one had even tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was impossible to carry, but he carried it. it. Yeah, he, he yep. apparently he had been practicing it uh, going into the tournament, and tournament does sound right. Going into the tournament, and uh, but it was too windy, so he didn't try it on day one and day two. And then yesterday he was like. Pocket just ripped stick and hit that bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get some real high profile guests on this podcast. <laughs> he said, Fuck it, rip dick and hit that bitch. <laughs> that ripped stick and hit that bitch. Oh, uh, you said stick. I thought you yeah, said dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my mistake, Joe. <laughs> he nearly got it on the green. The, the upsetting part is he still only got birdie. <laughs> he could he didn't even get yeah, it. Right? <laughs> Gotta get that up and down in that, that putt game, man. Yeah. He had a so looking at the uh, rundown, we should have moved some stuff around because I've got the rest of the quick hits. I will make Go them quick. <laughs> um, UFC fight night was uh, over the weekend, Saturday. Uh, I did see a couple of those fights. Um, I just wanted to point out uh, um, Amanda Nunez is a is monster. It Nunez or Nunez? Nunez. Okay. All right. I'm just asking. I thought it was N-U-N. Yeah. Easy. God damn it, Joseph. <laughs> damn it, Brian. <laughs> I think it's Nunes. Um, hang on. I'm full disclosure to the listeners. I am a bad host. I did not have it pulled up. Amanda Nunes kicked somebody's ass. No, uh, but it was crazy because going into it, she okay. um she so the 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 woman she was fighting, uh, she obviously had uh so the person she was fighting had four inches on her, was six foot tall. And then she, um, she still beat this Nunez, Nunez. You were right. I'm sorry. Megan Anderson, Megan Anderson stands at uh six feet tall. Her, she had four inches on the reach. Amanda did not care. Uh, she still, uh, submitted her in the first round, got in a bunch of big hits before she even submitted her, which was kind of nuts to see. <laughs> um, the thing I wanted to talk about though, was the, uh, was uh, the Jan uh, disqualification loss against Sterling. Um, so for those of you watching, it was a championship uh, uh, fight. And uh, Jan, Petra Jan, <laughs> need this dude in the dome oh. while his arms were down and he was on the ground, like getting up. Oh. Stri- like, like bad. So Sterling was down. Wait a second. Wait a second. What? I've seen many guys fall and then people jump on top of people and bash the fuck out of their face. No, and no, no. This is wrong. 
So in the UFC, it is a disqualification if a fighter is on the ground or trying to get up and you kick them in the oh, face okay. or knee them the in the, Yeah, specifically okay. knee or kick them in the face while they are down. Okay, you God, can, what I say, I've seen many a time where uh, Jorge Masvidal knocks somebody down and then jumps on them and like punches them in the yeah, face. Yeah, you can throw fists all day long, but you cannot uh, use your feet or no your lower knees. extremities. Yeah, while they're on the ground, just because I think it's just... Fucking nail for this reason. but I said exuberates. He, um... <laughs> you did. Good job, buddy. Uh... <laughs> But like Sterling was out, like out, out, like, I, and you guys know how seriously I take head trauma and stuff like that. Like he like tried to sit up, could not sit up. They mm. called the doctors in. So apparently I was confused about what was happening. Apparently they were waiting to see, they were going to give him a few minutes like they do in a low blow situation and to see if he wanted to continue to fight. Luckily the doctor came in and was like, no, this fight's over. Like mm. this fight's done. And so Jan was disqualified, but like even after the big story was after he got the belt, he said, I didn't want to win it like this, left it in the ring. But what I saw watching the fight, like I, like he could not even sit up. Like he was out on his feet, however you want to call it. It was brutal. Maybe this is a UFC thing, but Greg, if memory serves me correct, if you're in boxing, if you're disqualified in a match, the, the title just goes like poof. It doesn't just transfer hands. No, if you're disqualified, I was, you I was lose shocked when I saw that it's too. It's a loss. I mean, if it's a no contest, then it doesn't matter. But if you're if you're disqualified, you lose the fight. So if there's a belt on I the line, you're gonna I'm, get the no, belt. You know what? I know. Well, I, know just, of, I know it just happened to me. I'm thinking of Creed two, where Creed had the belt and the other guy had the DQ, so Creed retained the belt. Actually, what it sounds like you're talking about is in wrestling when championships are on the line and you get disqualified. It's just the fight's over. Nobody like it's just over. Speaking of wrestling, anyway, I just wanted to touch on the the main (laughs) event real quick. That was a perfect. (laughs) I know it was a perfect segue, but the light heavyweight championship was on the line. I really thought um, Israel. I'm not going to try to even attempt his last name. I really like this fighter, but I cannot say it. Adin Sanya. Um, he's a Brazilian fighter. I really thought he was going to win. He actually currently holds the, um, uh, uh, fuck, not the light heavyweight championship, the one right under this it. This is the, a, uh, earning our E lightweight championship. Today, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, he is undefeated. He was handed his first loss by reigning uh, light heavyweight champion Jan Blachowicz out of Poland. Um, and yeah, so that was the main event. Anyway, speaking of disqualifications, not losing the championship, vacation. I wanted to touch quickly, last thing in the quick hits, uh, AEW, close to my heart, heart, all elite wrestling owned by Tony Khan, the chairman and CEO, president of the board, also the chairman and CEO of Fulham, also he's in charge of transfers, son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he's near near all our hearts. Um, he uh, has been making some big signings. Don't roll your eyes at that. He's been making no, some big like, signings. How's he close to Greg? <laughs> and because Greg loves the Jags, he just doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> he's been making some big signings in the world of wrestling, the AEW, which is now considered an actual competitor to the WWE, which is good because in competition breeds um, excellence. I think it's going to make everybody step up. They did just sign Christian. (laughs) You can only forge steel in a fire, baby. They did just sign. um, He's going under the name Christian Cage. Everyone knows him from Edge and Christian in the WWE days. Um, They just signed him. They also uh, signed Paul White, the big show, formerly the big show. They have Sting now. 
They've always had Jericho. Um, is Edge in AEW? No. Edge okay. is, so that Edge whole is private not party thing anymore. was in. Oh, so was Christian the manager for private party then? No, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Yeah. Uh, wrong. Matt brothers. Hardy. So yeah, wrong one of the Hardy brothers. boys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Matt Hardy is in there. Um, so yeah, they're signing a lot of um older WWE, WCW talent. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Shaq was there too. Uh, Snoop Dogg before that. I appreciate it because Tony Khan grew up with this in the same era of wrestling that I did, the Attitude Era, uh, the Monday Night Wars, things like that. He appreciates uh, what it used to be, um, and he's brought a lot of that back. So I really appreciate what he's doing with AEW. I'm a big fan. Uh, been to a lot of the events. It's super cool. But just wanted to talk about those signings. Some big names. Some big, big names. And if to Tony... Tony, if Fulham stays up, you're welcome on the podcast. I open invite to you, Tony Khan. My speaking of my uncle, my uncle was like, "Why don't you just send him a message?" I was like, "It doesn't work that way." <laughs> also, before, I, I would before, love to have him on to talk Fulham or to talk AEW. Forget the Jags; on, I get enough of that. I have to say, the only reason it's Mario Lamina Kyle is because he's foreign. If he was born in America, it's Mario. Okay, take that, Kyle. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> The walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk-off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. All right. We are making fantastic time. Almost like I know what I'm doing here as a host. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the walk-offs will be a short essay portion. Um, normally, the host goes last, but uh, there's some things that have happened. And our world here at a new low network the last week or so. So I'm going to let Joe go last. Um, my topic is not uh, peaches and roses, but um, I just want to. I'm sorry. I was buying time. Really? While I sorry. It you uh, I should have known anyway. in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you can see my eyes starting around. All right. So my walk off this week is called the old way of thinking. Shout out. Almost forgot to say it. Here I go. <clears throat> Old way of thinking. The issue that sparked this as a topic for me is a few weeks old, but it is something that has been and will continue to occur because of America's past. What I am talking about most recently is some of the University of Texas Austin alumni getting frustrated with student athletes protesting, protesting the fight song, The Eyes of Texas. The song itself is said to have racially charged undertones that are disturbed that have disturbed some of the student athletes who have then called for change. There are so many ways to take this topic, all of which would infuriate one side or the other. I wanted to focus more on the response of the alumni to the protesting of the song to say it was disappointing and hypocritical would be an understatement. Many of the anonymous emails and tweets that were sent to the university president from alumni and boosters threatened to withhold donations and pursue further action of withdrawing support of the university and athletic department if the song were to be changed. I am upset by this course of action because these boosters only care about one thing, and that's winning football games. The other sports are nice, and it is fun to be good at them, but let's be realistic. In Texas, there's only one sport that matters above all else, and that is football. Some of the excerpts I read spoke about the low percentage of black students in comparison to white. And if they do not like the song, they can transfer to a different school. It seems to me that the boosters did not do their due diligence. 
While the overall population of the student body may have an exceptionally low percentage of black students, the football team, I assure you, is made up of an overwhelming majority of black players. I know this to be fact because in every it is in every Division One locker room in the country, except maybe BYU. It is easy for alumni and boosters to make threats now in the offseason with football being so far away. But I know if half the team transferred out, they started 0-5 and became the laughingstock of college football for recruits to visit, these same boosters would not only change the song, but double their support and walk down Main Street in a dress carrying a Black Lives Matter poster just for a chance to be relevant in college football again. We saw this recently in Mississippi when outrage over the Confederate symbol on their state flag brought about anger and resentment by student athletes and the attention of the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. Lawmakers had tried to change the flag in 2001 and 2015 to no avail, but when a star running back said he would leave and the SEC considered banning championship events in a state in the state of Mississippi, the flag was changed in a matter of weeks. I love sports for the change they can bring in a person's life, as well as on a much larger scale for a community. But when it is the only driving force to bring about change with something so outdated like racism, it is sad. I am a firm believer that the past needs to be studied and never forgotten. But egregious and horrific timelines should not be celebrated as an old way of thinking but exposed for what they are. And that is the old way of thinking. Nice. That's it. I had, cause I, I told you this, Joe, I yeah. studied the civil war in college. So I had like sites and excerpts and books and, and I was like, Nope, gotta <laughs> keep it to sports. Brennan wrote a, uh, a research paper, apparently allegedly prior to this. <laughs> I, did. I really did. Dude. <laughs> I'm quoting John Brown and Frederick Douglass and Steve <laughs> McPherson. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was bad news bears. Um, anyway, so I deleted like half of it and I was like, oh, this is still pretty good. All right. Yeah, that's fine. That reminds me of my first walk off uh, when I did the one about paying college athletes. And then like I went and got so many sources and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is when we first started, I remember when we first started doing this show, like I spent hours getting oh numbers and stats. and the- days. Dude, I the first like, couple of episodes are. Off, I, I researched over like two days. Yeah, the, I, I mean, even the show itself, the first couple of episodes, we're just reading off statistics. Yeah, <laughs> it we was, gotten better. We gotten looser. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. No, you're good, man. Um, man, I, I don't know how you do this. Like, cry every week. Cry on camera every week. <laughs> yeah. um, my walk off this week is titled. Goodbye to a friend I never met. So Thursday, we were all informed of the passing of a friend and a listener, Jared Ladish. Jared and I met like everyone on this network. Wait, Jared. Wait, what? Jeez, I hate when I do grammar issues. Jared met. Let me start over. Sorry, Dover. Thursday, cutting it, striking it for the record, keeping this all in. Thursday, we were all informed of the passing of a friend and a listener, Jared Ladish. Jared and I met like everyone on this network. Uh, We were all fans of the same podcast. And when the pandemic hit, Farzad and Greg, L. Greg, put together a weekly Zoom chat. 
It's a motley crew of people from all walks of life and all over the world. And Jared was as misleading as they came. Based on his appearance, I thought nothing of this older white guy that was quiet most of the time. Just content with sitting back and letting the bigger personalities take hold and laughing at our drunken ridiculousness. But as time went on, he began to open up. I saw shades of a person I never could have imagined. He was funny, smart, and quick-witted. He once made me laugh so hard that I literally fell out of my chair laughing. Obviously, because he made me laugh so hard. He would always be one of the first people on, and he would, and there would be times where it was just me, him, and Marcus, and we would just sit and kick the shit. And when eventually, when we eventually started this network, he was a loyal listener and ardent supporter. He also supported my venture aside from this network. Me and Jared would DM every now and again. And after the death of a close family friend in which I discussed on a new low, he reached out and gave me and shared his condolences. He would tell me how he liked my music. He shared a story about how he was listening to my album and his much older father-in-law walked in on him and he had nothing to say. Uh, We also shared many jokes back and forth. Me, a 27-year-old black kid from Florida, and this white guy over 50 from Wisconsin developed a genuine friendship, and never did I think it would end so sudden. I just assumed after the pandemic we'd all meet up in Vegas or LA for an AD live show and we could hug it out. I am beside myself and my heart is in pieces for a friend I never met. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I held it yeah, together man. better than I thought I would. I cried when I wrote it. I, I think, and I wrote yeah, it I know. Thursday right after we all found that, out. That's a good little trick to do. I do it sometimes where you act like you're you're misreading it. <laughs> I do that all the time. Where it's no, like, oh wait, what? Uh, what did I write? Uh. <laughs> no nah, man, yeah. It's, Eventually, uh, when I post these all somewhere, I plan to post all the what's names, but I gotta proofread them because yeah, I'm gonna a lot of them have thing. like misspelling, not even misspelling, just like words I completely forgot to put in there. Yeah, it is sad. Um, I know you guys are probably going to talk about it on the main show. Oh, it's the whole show. No, yeah, it's but uh, <laughs> he did the same. I, I just, I'm glad you did that because that really captured what it was, what he was. Uh, did the same thing. Uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, man, I started listening to uh, your other podcast. He's like, I really like it. I was just like, like same, same. I'm like, yeah. when we first all got on the thing, I like, you never really caught Jared because he was always just sitting back and then he would just chime in every once in a while and you're like, God, this guy's a fucking killer. <laughs> he was a sniper. He, he would say nothing and then just come in and light the whole room on fire and then like George Costanza like just two yeah. minutes later you're looking around and he's just gone. <laughs> yeah, so this is, and I know, oh Greg, you had a podcast with him uh, but again, I'm sure you guys will talk about this all on the other show. Yeah. We just miss our friend. Take us to yeah. the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, my name is Brennan Tassif. I'm also a comedian. Um, 
You can listen to my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy, where I have guests on. We talk about drinking stories, getting in trouble stories, party stories. Um, follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. You can also check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com for all my upcoming dates. April, getting pretty full as far as book shows. I'm going to be all over the place. This feels really weird to do and I feel like a prostitute after we just talked about the death of our friend um, <laughs> Joe where can they find you um, you can make a donation to the American Heart Association in memory of Jared Ladish I'm only doing that to make fun of Brennan for whoring himself out um, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville you can check out my hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe uh, hopefully April will be big for me because I plan on releasing the next project. Then it may get pushed back, not because of the music, because the music's already done, but some other things I'm working on. But um, yeah, Greg, uh, you can follow me at Pine Dagger at, on Twitter. It's P I N E D A G G E R, and uh, listen to the rest of our podcasts on the Anulo Network. They're all fun most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just real quick i want to say my wildly inappropriate joke here oh, because i think you guys it. would get it better um with everything that happened if i don't jared's, like it i'll cut it out jared's still subscribing right like we didn't lose that listener. <laughs> do we get that download <laughs> you would have loved that joke uh, all right brennan take us out all right and that is why we play the game hello hello you shout out, Jared. We miss you, buddy. We love you, man. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Tears from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye. <laughs>